Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. During which, analysts are invited to ask questions. To ask a question, please press star 1 on your touchtone phone to register. Should you require any assistance during the call, please press star 0. On this morning's call, we have Peter Madison, Exact Earth's CEO, and Sean Maybe, Exact Earth's CFO. I would now like to turn the call over to Mr. Maybe. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Megan. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's call. Before I hand things over to Peter, I would like to remind everyone that some information provided by Exact Earth may constitute forward-looking statements within the meaning of applicable securities laws. Our forward-looking statement disclaimer is included on page two of our MDNA, which is available on our website and the Exact Earth CDAR profile. In our disclosure documents and or on the call, we may provide information about order bookings, adjusted EBITDA, and subscription services revenue, all of which are not defined by IFRS. These measures are provided as additional information, which we believe is important in the understanding of our business. For further information related to our non-IFRS measures, please see page two of our MDNA. At this point, I'll pass it over to you, Peter. Thanks, Sean. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. On today's call, I'll spend a few minutes discussing financial highlights and operational developments for the quarter, after which I'll turn it over to Sean for a more detailed look at the numbers And then finally, we'll open it up to questions. Q2 was another strong quarter and continuation of the positive momentum we have generated since last year. We continue to execute on our objectives to drive top line and adjusted EBITDA growth and to build a strong base of recurring revenue from which to grow from. COVID-19 restrictions were in place during the quarter, but we continue to execute on customer mandates while working remotely and are completing new sales opportunities as evidenced by the growth in Q2's new order bookings activity. Q2's strong order bookings led to an increase in order backlog at quarter end, giving us good visibility on revenue for the second half of the year. Due to our strong performance in the first half of the year and our positive outlook for the remainder of 2021, we are pleased to increase our guidance for subscription services revenue growth in 2021 to 21 to 26%, from our previous target of 15 to 20% growth. As mentioned on our last call, in Q2, we announced an agreement with MDA to provide advanced satellite AIS data services as part of their recently announced dark vessel detection or DVD program for the Government of Canada. The DVD program is intended to detect and identify vessels that have switched off their AIS transponders and are engaged in illegal unreported and unregulated or IUU fishing. IUU fishing is a global problem that results in significant economic loss, estimated at $23 billion a year, and leads to considerable damage to the world's fishing population and habitat. We have been working with the global fisheries community for the last 10 years, and we are pleased to be on board to help the Government of Canada assert its leadership position in its fight against IUU. This agreement also expands our relationship with MDA, 
who is also the prime contractor to the Department of National Defense on the Polar Epsilon 2 project. Working with MDA, our AIS data will be used to help the Canadian Armed Forces to detect, identify, and track vessels of interest in Canada's maritime areas, including the Arctic region. On the product development side, in Q2, we launched Exact AIS Platinum Plus, the newest member of the Exact AIS family of real-time AIS vessel identification and tracking data services. Platinum Plus augments our real-time satellite AIS capability through the addition of thousands of coastal and vessel-based terrestrial AIS receivers, which raise Exact AIS performance to unprecedented levels. As pioneers of the satellite AIS industry, Platinum Plus is part of our continued pledge to our customers and partners to always provide them with the best in global AIS service performance and reliability. Platinum Plus provides significantly enhanced vessel detection in ports and regions of high vessel density. In addition, we believe it will be an essential service for companies who want the most comprehensive vessel data set for developing advanced analytics and or artificial intelligence capabilities for surveillance, fisheries, and fleet management markets. This new offering has been well received by the market and we've already booked initial government and commercial customers for this product and have a growing opportunity pipeline here. Our growth priorities today are building our sales pipeline, converting those opportunities into new customers, expanding our analytics product offerings, and identifying potential acquisition targets. To achieve our objectives, our key focus areas are, continue to drive top line growth through investment in sales and marketing to expand our sales and marketing and customer success teams, and also in managing and expanding our channel partner relationships. Channel partners form an important part of our sales growth strategy since the right channel partners with their network of established customer relationships and large experienced sales teams serve to expand and accelerate our sales pipeline. As we have said previously, in addition to being a year of top line growth and margin expansion, 2021 is also a year of investment for us as we've committed approximately $750,000 to build out both our direct and channel partner sales capabilities. On the analytics side, we are investing internally in new capabilities as well as expanding our network of application and platform partners dedicated to bringing new functionality to the market. We have the world's largest database of vessel movements with more than 40 billion data records and we are only beginning to scratch the surface on using analytics and artificial intelligence to derive additional value from this data set. In the coming years, we intend to work with both our channel partners and development partners to bring about these expanded product offerings. Finally, we took important steps to strengthen our financial position in Q2 with the redemption of our convertible debentures and with the establishment of a $6 million credit facility with National Bank. These achievements have us well positioned to pursue opportunities to accelerate our growth through both organic and acquisitive means. In closing, Q2 was another strong quarter for Exact Earth as we continue to benefit from the recent steps taken to strengthen our financial foundation, execute on our growth plan, and position the business for further revenue growth and margin expansion. With that, I'll pass it to Sean for a closer look at the numbers. Sean? Thanks, Peter. Good morning, everyone. As Peter mentioned, Q2 was a strong quarter with revenue up 33% year over year to 5.9 million. Year to date, revenue is, revenue is up 32% to 11.2 million. The increase in total revenue primarily reflects strength with our subscription services revenue and also includes growth with our data products and other products and services revenue. Subscription services revenue, which tends to be revenue of a recurring nature, was 5.2 million, up 
compared to Q2 last year, year-to-date subscription services revenue is up 30%. While revenue growth was strong in both the quarter and year-to-date periods, our reported numbers are even higher in constant currency when removing the impact of the rising Canadian dollar. Using the exchange rates from the end of last fiscal year, total revenue would have increased 38% for the quarter and 34% for the year-to-date period compared to the last fiscal year. Order bookings for Q2 were 6.5 million compared to 3.5 million in Q2 last year. Order bookings year-to-date were 10.8 million versus 10.6 million in the same period last year. Order bookings will fluctuate quarter to quarter based on the timing of completion of new agreements. Order bookings backlog at quarter end was 27.1 million compared to 24.9 million at the end of Q2 last year. While up year over year, order bookings backlog has been negatively impacted by the strengthening of the Canadian dollar. In Q2, it had $162,000 impact, and for the year-to-date period, the impact is 1.1 million. Of the current order bookings backlog, 9.5 million is expected to be recognized during the remainder of fiscal 2021. As Peter alluded to earlier, this visibility gives us confidence in raising our subscription services revenue forecast to 21 to 26 percent from 15 to 20 percent in 2021. Gross margins improved in Q2, and for the year-to-date period, due to the increase in revenue and the initiatives we undertook to reduce costs last year. As discussed on our last call, one of those initiatives was the signing of the amended agreement with L3 Harris. Under the amended agreement, there is an annual fixed fee of US dollars 4.3 million, paid monthly in equal amounts, and we will pay a 30% revenue share to L3 Harris on the portion of satellite AIS data revenue that is in excess of 16 million US within any fiscal year. It is important to note that not all of our revenue qualifies toward qualifies towards that 16 million US dollar uh, level, only the satellite AIS data services revenue contributes to that target. For Q2, the amount of revenue characterized as qualifying towards the revenue share threshold after adjusting to US currency was 3.7 million. Year to date, that number was 7.1 million. Based on our outlook for the year, it remains unlikely that there will be a revenue share expense in fiscal 2021. Selling general administrative, or SGNA expenses for the quarter was $1.9 million versus $2.6 million in Q2 last year. The Q2 21 decrease was primarily due to the net recovery of $137,000 in bad debt expense, a reduction in non-cash deferred share unit, or DSU, expense, and a decrease in travel expenses. This was partially offset by an increase in payroll, management incentive compensation, marketing, and legal expenses. Year-to-date, SGNA was $4.7 million compared to $4.4 million last year, with the increase primarily due to an increase in the six-month period of the non-cash expense related to the increase in the value of the DSUs held by members of our board of directors. DSUs are settled in cash and therefore are revalued using the share price at the end dates of the measuring period. SGNA will trend up as we deploy more of the $750,000 that Peter mentioned was earmarked for investment in the business this year. A reasonable quarterly proxy for SGNA for Q3 and Q4 would be approximately 2.2 to 2.3 million, which assumes that there are no material impacts from DSUs or bad debts. 
Product development and R&D expenses were up in Q2 and were relatively flat flat year-to-date when compared to the prior year periods. R&D activities primarily reflect our ongoing development of web-based functionality and new analytics-based product offerings. Adjusted EBITDA was $840,000 in Q2 compared to negative $548,000 in Q2 of 20. Year-to-date, adjusted EBITDA was $1.7 million, up from negative $299,000 in the same period last year. These significant improvements reflect higher revenue in 2021 and the cost-cutting efforts we implemented in 2020, both of which have led to higher margins. Looking now at our cash flow statement, and in particular CapEx and cash from operations, in terms of CapEx, we had commissioning costs in Q2 related to the e-sales satellite, which amounted to approximately $126,000. Year-to-date, these commissioning costs have totaled approximately $667,000, and excluding the e-sale commitments, overall CapEx spending will be modest this year and lower than fiscal 2020. Cash used in operations for Q2 was $1.1 million due to working capital adjustments, and we expect to return to generating positive cash from operations in Q3. On the balance sheet, cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments at quarter end were $6.7 million compared to $7.4 million at October 31, 2020. Cash is down compared to prior year-end primarily due to CapEx payments made in relation to the e-sale commissioning Uh, and due to FX impact. Regarding the 13 million convertible debentures, we issued a redemption notice during Q1, and as Peter mentioned earlier, the debentures were ultimately converted to equity in Q2. With the retirement of the debentures and the addition of a new $6 million credit facility with National Bank, our financial position has strengthened as at quarter end. Overall, we have improved our financial flexibility, and in the case of the credit facility, it is an important milestone that reflects the achievements we have made to generate strong revenue growth and positive adjusted EBITDA, as well as the confidence in our overall strategic outlook and growth potential from the bank. That concludes my prepared remarks. At this point, I will ask the operator to please provide instructions to anyone who wishes to ask a question. Operator? At this time, we would like to take any questions you may have. To ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Then, star 1 to ask a question. Your first question is from David McFadden with Cormac Securities. Your line is open. Oh, hi. Thank you. Yeah, a couple of questions. Um, maybe you could just address what's really driving the growth, uh, you know, the commercial subscriber revenue growth. Is it a function of pricing or product mix? Is it just, is it more customers? Is it both? I'm just kind of wondering where the, where the demand's coming from. And then secondly, on the adjusted EBITDA, I just want to make sure, because I was looking through the MDNA, does that adjusted EBITDA exclude any changes in bad debt expense? It seems like it does, uh, but I just want to confirm that. Okay, thanks, Dave. I'll, uh, I'll tackle the, the first of your questions on the growth side. Yeah, I think it really is a, a question of firing on all cylinders across the across the board, so combination of things. Um, I mentioned in the remarks that we had in the quarter released and introduced our Platinum Plus uh, product line. Uh, that's being very well received as a sort of further performance enhancement um, in dense areas around the world, so that that's contributing. That's one of the contributors to additional sales and sort of building more, more momentum there. 
In addition, uh, we are continuing to see growth with our uh, cadre of application and development partners that are taking our data and creating value-added and derived products. So continued sort of expansion in the number of those well over 50 companies now involved there <clears throat> and companies themselves doing better and uh, and uh, driving more revenue to us as well. So that's another sort of uh, dynamic. <clears throat> and then finally, on the on the government side of the market as well, um, continuing to see strong uh, strong growth on existing contracts and new wins uh, in the quarter. So yeah, really, really sort of seeing as again, I think the overall thesis that we've been mentioning is that um, you know with a uh, with a data service basis is tracking more than 600,000 vessels and giving sort of regular timely updates on their positions and dynamic information, it is more and more becoming one of those must-have uh, foundational data layers for all sorts of applications in the, in the maritime segment. As the maritime segment itself sort of moves into uh, digitization and adoption of uh, information and analytics technologies. And then on the EBITDA side, maybe I can turn that to, over to Sean. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Dave. Um, so, yeah, in our adjusted EBITDA, uh, there's a line um, which is right at the very bottom. It says COVID-19 related to ECL. In that line, uh, the ECL, the expected credit losses, uh, we had in previous quarters uh, included the, um, the the bad debts that we saw for COVID-19 uh, in there. So we're actually this quarter reversing some of those expenses. So we we took it out of uh, adjusted EBITDA. So it's it, it actually lowers our, our adjusted EBITDA in the quarter by that amount. Okay, okay. So just to be clear, when you um, reported adjusted EBITDA in Q1, was, it, was the definition uh, a little different? And now you, you decided to just strip out any bad debt impact on adjusted EBITDA? Or, or it was always the same. Yeah, we we had included the expense in Q1 um, as well, so that's that's why we decided. You know, we put the we put the reversal in there as well, just so it was apples to apples. Okay, okay. Um, and then just maybe if if you could comment on you know any change to the competitive environment. You know, we've seen some of the other people in this sector uh, raising capital or plans to raise capital and we're just wondering if there's been much change in the federal environment and you know any impact on you as a result no i think the uh, i think again we remain focused on the on the fundamentals which have been driving our our success to this point continued focus on having best in class sort of performance in the the product line and capability uh, having high reliability service and very strong customer support, um, as has been mentioned in the uh, in the remarks, uh, we we have been investing, expanding our sales and and marketing teams, expanding our relationships with channel partners, and that that's been our strategy. It's been uh, serving us very well, and we continue to execute on that. So at this point, we're not we're not really seeing any change in the in the dynamics. Okay. All right, that's it for me. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Dave. We have no further thanks, questions Dave. at this time. I turn the call back to Peter Madsen for closing remarks. Thank you, Megan, and thank you to everyone for participating on today's call. We look forward to speaking with you and reporting to you in the coming quarters.
Have a great day. This concludes today's conference. You may now disconnect. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.